1: Morning. Good morning. Good morning. I'm Joey Manastro, the platform assistant today, and I'll be sharing the announcements and upcoming events with you. We are so happy to have here with, you with us today, whether online or here in person. We hope you will enjoy the service. First-time visitors, please receive a welcome packet from the Usher as you leave the sanctuary. Please join us after service in the social hall for great conversation and fellowship. for the upcoming Adopt-A-Pet event. Fabric will be provided. For more question, for more details or questions, see Eileen Lindbergh. Critical Conversations resumes tomorrow, Monday, September 11th, from 7 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. on Zoom. This is one of the ways that we can do our part to help co-create a loving and compassionate, spiritual world. These conversations are healing and transformative. And I'll just say personally that it has opened my mind in ways I never expected, so I encourage you to check it out. Please join us and invite a friend. You can go to our website at unityfh.com and click on the Zoom link. Please join us for our annual World Day of Prayer service this Wednesday, September 13th at 7 p.m. led by our prayer chaplains. Unity's theme this year is Heart of Healing. So let's all come together to radiate a collective heart of healing in reflection, meditation, Prayer for ourselves and the world. This special service will be in person and on YouTube. The men's group will have their first meeting next Saturday, September 16th at 10 a.m. here at the church in order to help set up for the Adopt a Pet and Family Fun Day, which will follow on the same day, Saturday, September 16th from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Bring the family and come prepared to enjoy a day of family fun and maybe adopt the pet that you. UFH Ukulele Group it meets next Sunday, September 17th at 1130 in room 9, and all are invited to come play the ukulele, sing along, or both. Eileen Lindbergh is our prayer chaplain today and will be available to pray with you after service near the patio doors. Please exit the sanctuary immediately after service to allow a quiet space for prayer. Please visit unityfh.com. And now, as the music team sings, surely the.
2: Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. Now it's time for the reading of the Daily Word. So I invite you, if you wish, to gently close your eyes and receive the Word, and then we'll go into prayer and a brief meditation. Our Daily Word for today, Sunday, September 10th, 2023, is care. We affirm, I am here and I care. And our message reads, Sometimes my heart goes out to a friend or even a stranger who is struggling. Other times my heart breaks when I learn of another's devastating news. In those moments, I feel the urge to help. I pray affirming healing, peace, or comfort. I may offer financial support or material goods. I might call on the phone or visit in person. Even so, I may feel my efforts are not enough especially when needs are great. But the impulse to care is in many people, the activity of God streaming through so many hearts and hands. As I join efforts with theirs, I trust we can lift up even the most dire situation. I am a caring presence, ready to help, serve, and love. Our Bible verse for today comes from First Thessalonians 2, verse 8. So deeply do we care for you that we are determined to share with you not only the gospel, but also our own selves, because you have become very dear to us. Let us pray. So with our eyes gently closed, let's take a deep healing breath. Bring your attention down into your heart center. Tune into a feeling of love and oneness. A, living, a feeling of peace. Uniting with the living presence within us. And as we ignite, as we acknowledge and affirm that presence within us. We affirm that there is only one power, only one presence, only one activity that is active in our lives and in the universe. And God, as we tune into your presence, your power, your activity, we choose in this moment to surrender every single thing that concerns us. To release the hustle and bustle of the day just for this hour and beyond while we're here together. knowing that you are perfecting every single thing that concerns us, we step into total trust and total faith of that knowing. We release, we let go, we let God. Our hearts are open to show others love in the way you show us, in the way you guide us, in the way you teach us. We release today everything we think we know about your word and allow our minds, hearts and bodies to be ready, willing and able to receive your message, let it infiltrate infiltrate every aspect of our being, ignite the presence of it within us that we may walk out and be that Demonstration in the world. Right now, we sit in that space of peace. And I invite you to gently breathe in deeply a feeling of love. And as you exhale, set your intention to release all that no longer serves you out into the world. To let God purify it into your highest and greatest good. And just continue to breathe in love deeply. And exhale that out into the world deeply, a feeling of love. Let your mind be free. Let your heart be open. Let your body relax. mind to the knowing that you are loved just the way you are no matter what is going on in your life you are loved and we thank you God for that knowing we end this prayer by lifting our hearts minds and bodies up with this prayer In the mighty name and nature of the indwelling Christ. Thanking you for your love that loves us no matter what. And so it is. And we let it be. Amen. I love that. Let us go ahead and affirm our statement of being together. God is all both invisible and visible, one presence, one mind, one power is all. This one that is all is perfect life, perfect love, and perfect substance. I am an individualized expression of God. I am ever one with this perfect life, perfect love, and perfect substance. And let's go ahead and affirm our U of H growth affirmation together. We give thanks for our expansive congregation that fills our halls, sanctuary, and classrooms with seekers and teachers of unity truth, fills our hearts with love and joy, and provides us with all of the necessary resources to co-create a loving and compassionate, spirit-filled world. Because when Carl's excited, he gets he starts moving. Michael will be excited, but he'll still glide from side to side. <laughs> he'll, be, he'll be into the song, gliding from side to side. I just want to get you going. <laughs> I love it, I love it. What'd you say? That's it, that's your going? Glide from side to side. And it's funny, because when everyone was up here on the stage and Michael was over in the corner, he'd glide out of camera and back in (laughs) camera and out of camera and back in camera. (laughs) So we'd have to say, go over a little bit, Michael. (laughs) Everybody has our own, right? We have our own. One day, I'm going to get you dancing, Michael. (laughs) What'd you say? That's what Laurel says. She'll get him dancing. Well, Laurel is Elvis up here in action. And then Carl has the voice. Ooh. I love it, I love it, I love it. Still the sweetest, we got the baddest band. And I was looking at that. I say baddest band. I mean good when I say baddest band. Because we do have some bands that people might call bad. But ours is a good band. It's an amazing band. Yes? <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. So, <clears throat> I'm going to attempt to tell this little joke. I'm trying to remember it. So this lady forgets her cell phone, and she's meeting her husband at um, the restaurant for lunch. And so he's on his way to the restaurant, and he brings her her phone. And so she opens up her phone and looks at the text message and says, hey, honey, I'm on my way. You forgot your phone, and I'm bringing it. (laughs) 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 I guess I did it. Oh my goodness, so we have been studying different, um, we study. we started off the, the last couple of years going into, we went into the Beatitudes, we went into the Sermon on the Mount, and then the last study, the last series we did was on the writers of the Gospels, and I have been led to go into Revelation. Revelation is a book that many people want to know more about, and many ministers avoid or... Uh, have an aversion to study to teaching. And so I'm going to attempt to go ahead. Well, I'm not going to attempt. I'm going to let God guide me into moving us into going through a flow of the book of Revelation. And it's interesting because it's not Revelations with an S at the end. It's just Revelation. So an easy way to remember that is put the in front of it, the Revelation. And this is a deep thing because oh, I'm listening. God's revelation didn't stop years, thousands of years ago when it was given to John on the Isle of Patmos. And we're going to go through each piece. This part what we're going to do is the beginning of the introduction. And I loved how they uh, introduced their writings, their, their letters, like Paul or John. They'd, they'd always do a salutation and they'd give a brief, in, a brief summary of what the letter is going to be about. And so, revelation, another word for that, when you look at it in the Greek translation, is apocalypse, or it's it's an apocalyptic literature. And the apocalyptic literature um, started, or even the movement of the apocalyptic movement started in the years after the Israelites returned from exile from Babylon. And what was happening is, back then, they had this type of understanding and this type of religious beliefs, that if you obeyed the law, obeyed God, then you'd be rewarded. But if you were disobedient, then you would suffer. And as they came back from exile, they started doing their best to obey God. But things kept getting worse, uh, things kept staying the same. They They were poor, and they still didn't have control over their property, their own land, and they didn't have any real authority or power. And so after centuries go by of them trying to do what God has told them to do and nothing is getting better, they start to shift their way of thinking. It's like this this, uh, uh, Deuteronomistic way of thinking and this theology is not working. And at that time, they're still under a Persian uh, influence. So in the Persian influence is the idea of the forces of good and evil pitting against each other. And humans are in the middle of it. This idea that those forces that are pitting against each other are vying for humans' devotion. And, and in that idea is that as, the things, as things get worse, what's going to happen is the good will overthrow, will overcome the bad forces, the evil forces, and, and you'll walk into a new earth, a new world, a new heaven and a new earth. That idea started back then. And so in the New Testament, this is what this writing is about. Because the followers of Jesus who are going out and instructing and teaching and being about Jesus' word were being persecuted. And so it switched from, Rome, from the Babylon to Roman uh, authority over them, holding them under and persecuting them. Do you guys get that? So this is still, so it started back, like if you read in Daniel, uh, in the writings of Daniel, especially in the writings of Joel, and a couple other, and several, several other books in the Old Testament, it's the same type, type of writing, type of um, theology and beliefs. Especially in... Daniel, Daniel chapter 7, there's some images in there. Now, what, another part of the apocalyptic literature is that there's symbols, there's numbers, there's very, uh, Im- imagery in there. It's like painting a picture. That you have, But you have to understand the images and the symbolism in order to understand the message. And as I was looking at this with the forces of good and evil, you know, that hasn't stopped. We have all these movies, About the forces that you, what, Star Wars, let the force be with you. You know, all of these forces, the darkness, Darth Vader was the dark light. And they say, let the light be with you. And then even when you look at, um, in religion, uh, good and evil, you got God and Satan pitting against each other. You got the Prince of Light, which is Jesus, and Prince of Darkness, which is uh, Satan pitting against each other. That That kind of thinking is still there. It's still there. And the imagery in it and how they wrote to each other, it was a coded message. That was even there during a time of slavery. The songs that we'd sing to each other to give messages to each other when we were out in the field. Negro spiritual uh, hymns, those had messages in them that white people wouldn't understand, the masters couldn't understand, but we understood because of the wording of it. Swing, swing high, swing, what is it? Swing low, swing chariot, coming for to carry me home, letting them know that the, um, someone was going to be there to help you to escape. These messages are there. The biggest piece of it, though, of this apocalyptic type of thinking is that it's when the going gets really, really bad, God's going to come in and take over. And in this revelation is when it gets really, really bad, Jesus is going to come over. That's the, come in. That's the second coming of Jesus. And then the other thought back in this time, too, is that the followers of Jesus thought it would happen in their time. So as always, Jesus will come. Jesus will be back soon. So this writing in Revelation was to encourage and support them, those who are following Jesus, as they're being persecuted the disciples who are spreading the word to encourage them, but in a way of uh, encouraging them in a way of doing coded messages. So when you read in there where it says Babylon, we're going to read through this, they're really talking about Rome, Roman, Roman emperors, that kind of thing. Are you guys understanding this piece? Okay. Um, That's weird. It makes me think of when I was younger and I used to speak pig Latin. Anybody speak pig Latin? Am I S.J.? And my sister and I would speak it when we were in school and people were on the bus and people would be looking at us and we'd give messages to each other, especially when we didn't want someone to know what we were talking about. So this theme hasn't stopped. It's still here in this world. It's still here in this world. And when you go get your nails done and they speak their own language, they're speaking their language. We don't understand what they're saying. They don't speak English. They speak in their own tongue. And they understand each other. But it's a deeper level, too, when you look at Revelation on a spiritual level. Christ speaks to Christ, acknowledging the Christ in the situation. No matter how bad it is, Christ speaks to Christ. You have this language, you have this way of speaking that acknowledges the presence of God in the situation. Do you guys get that? You're going to see a lot of numbers in here. You're going to see number three. You're going to see number seven. You're going to see colors in here and symbolism in here. And we're going to go through what that means and also what it means in our lives today. And so I'm going to start off by reading um, the introduction piece, the beginning of the introduction, and then we'll dive into it because this is deep because it's giving us the order of revelation. So revelation, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation, chapter one, prologue. This is a revelation from Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants the events that must soon take place. He sent an angel to present this revelation to his servant John, who faithfully reported everything he saw. This is his report of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. I'm going to stop for a second here, because it says... That must come. Um, it, it says here that this is the message of the revelation that must soon take place. And there's a couple of things in here that I want you guys to get. Number one, revelation means the unveiling of. It's an unveiling of something. It's an unveiling of a message. Um, and this is the unveiling of the message to the followers of Jesus. But it says of events that must soon take place. And there's something deep in here because that he kept uh, even Jesus even in here. It says, "I'll be there soon." The truth is when Jesus says that the kingdom is at hand, even in the New Testament when we've read it, and it says this will soon happen, it means it's happening already. You're already in the midst of it. And the truth is all that will ever be already is in the image of God. And even in this present moment, we've already, everything we've done has has telegraphed and demonstrate, uh, when you look back on it, how we got to where we are now. And in this present moment, directs where we're going. So within you is your past, your present, and your future right now. All that is, all, all that was, and all that shall be right now. So, where it says these events that must come soon, actually is happening already. And this is the kicker of the whole thing it's happening inside of you already. It's happening inside of you already. Now. Because the kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God encompasses all of that, and you are one with it. So when you have something in your mind that you are affirming, whether it's intentionally or unintentionally, you've already created it in your mind. You ever sit around worrying about something? I'm asking. Anybody ever worry? When you're sitting there, you imaging what might happen, Right? Do you know you've already created the outcome in that moment, you're imagining it, but you're in this present moment now. And what's happened in the past is what's making you worry about the future, and you're sitting there using that power and creating it all at the same time. That's deep business. That's deep business. So you create your own revelation because of the things underneath that you're worrying about. You're sitting there using your imagination inappropriately to co-create, and you don't mean to co-create, something in the future, and then you step into it, which is why it's called a self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm -hmm. I'm here to say that no matter how things are, we can co-create within ourselves the pleasant part of it. We can encourage ourselves through these experiences. And that's what this is with this letter letter of revelation. We can be, inside of you can be revealed the truth expressing in your circumstances and in your situation. Something may not have happened that you were wishing for or thinking for, but there was something greater in you not having it than if you had it. And if you pray for this or something greater, and you truly believe in that, you've already created that greater whether it is this or that, which is greater. Does that make sense to everybody? You're getting that? Good, good, good. Okay, so let's keep going. So now this is a beauty part of it. We see here the threefold of God. We see Jesus. No, we see God who gave the message to Jesus, which is the word. So you got God, mind, and the divine idea, which is the word. And then you got the expression that it was revealed to John. There's a deeper piece in here too, and I don't know, I'm going to let God guide me where that's concerned. I'm going to put the Bible down for a minute. The biggest part of this whole thing is who the revelation was given to. The revelation was given to John. John represents love. John represents unity. John represents the universe within you. The only way to truly get through any situations, whether it's pleasant or not pleasant in your life is if you stay in a united expression with God, stay in unity with God, no matter what will happen in your life. It is important to see this peace. The revelation came to John. And this is deep to me as I was reading this and I'm sitting there because I, when we were talking about John who wrote the gospel according to John, we were saying, I was saying how powerful it was for him to be the best friend of Jesus. Knowing Jesus is the Messiah and he in the living flesh got to have a relationship with Jesus. In the living flesh got to experience Jesus. And now he's getting the spirit of Jesus, uploading a revelation and um, inspiration to him. Can you just, just let that settle in deeply, like really let that settle in deeply. That this man, who he walked with for three years, watched be crucified, saw his flesh and saw evidence that he was resurrected, saw him shift out of the physical view. Because once Jesus was resurrected, he couldn't die again. Resurrection means uh, when when you're revived again, there's an eternal life, never to die again. And now he's getting this message on the Isle of Patmos, where he is being exiled because he's trying his best to, sh- to share the word of this best friend. And he shows up. Have you ever, I'm just asking, and it may sound crazy, but just let me ask you, have you ever had a moment where, where someone who passed away, you might have felt that their presence was with you? And how comforting that was that that presence was with you. It didn't stop back then, thousands of years ago. What we're reading in the Bible that happened thousands of years ago is right now. So as we read this, we're going to read this, that this isn't just the past, it's also the present and will be the future. What if you knew Jesus? My mother, when she was younger, when, uh, I don't remember, I think I might have been eight years older, so we were going to my father's uh, older sister's church, and she had been not feeling so good the week before, and she felt this presence over her. She opened her eyes, and she, she saw what to her was the image of Jesus, and it was comforting to her. She had been praying, and then she felt better. She got up and went and cooked dinner. She went to tell the people in the church about that, and they shunned her. Now, this was a real experience for my mother. And we saw her when we went to school, not feeling so well. And then we saw her when we got home. And when she took her nap and we came down from doing our homework, she was up cooking dinner. She was totally different. She had that experience of Jesus, but she was shunned about that. That's deep. In this time, you get that and you know it's your experience. And people at the church who you're excited to share it to tell you that you are blasphemy and how could you get that revelation? That wouldn't have come to you. And they didn't, my mother didn't want to go to church again after that because they really dogged her out, especially since she wasn't speaking in tongues when it happened. So I say this to say, Each one of us is going to have our own experience with the spirit within. And however it shows up to you, believe it. Trust in it. Hear it. Receive it. And heed it. Because that's what we're here to do. We're here to tune in. And as we tune in, we're here to get that revelation. And as you get it, we're here to demonstrate it. That's the divine order of revelation. Do you get that? This is deep to me because I'm realizing that we are going deeper into uh, elevating together spiritually. And I love that I'm in a church that's willing to grow with me and understand these things and go deeper. And even if you don't, let it per- uh, percolate in you. Let it open up and you. Let it do its own way because you cannot You cannot be double promoted in spirit. It has to follow a divine order. Does that make sense? Now we try to skip and do something. Uh, One guy said, he was an evangelist, that he heard that he was going to be in Africa doing some work. He got all excited, sold everything that he had, went over to Africa to do his work. And and when he got there, he's like, okay, what am I supposed to do? God said, I just told you you we're going to do it. I didn't tell you when. So let's keep going with this. The letter is from, where am I? God blesses the one who reads the church words. Now, the reason why it says it this way is because they used to, the Pharisees, not the Pharisees, yeah, it was the Pharisees in the synagogues, but the rabbis and the leaders of the churches used to read the scrolls and everyone would listen to it and then they'd have a discussion. But they'd read the letters from John, from Paul, from the, from the disciples, they'd read them to the church. So that's why it says those who um, read the words of this prophecy and those who uh, of the church and he blesses all who listen to the message. Now, down further, it talks about the letter being to the seven churches. And the seven churches, as I'm looking at that, and it's the seven churches of Asia. Churches represent different phases of consciousness. Asia represents the spiritual consciousness. We're going to go through each one of these, and I'm going to ask you at one point, you know, during while we're doing this, and it's not going to be today, as we go through this revelation, I'm going to ask you to hold yourself open that as we go through each one of these seven different expressions of spiritual consciousness, That you be open to heed what Jesus is telling each one, each church. And we use one of these when we do the white stone ceremony. When we're we're doing the white stone ceremony and we're in Revelation 2 and we do the um, Pergamum, the letter to Pergamum. But we're going to go through all seven. And seven is a number of fulfillment and completion. On the seventh day, God rested. But God didn't rest from working God rested from the creation that he had. Now he became the expression of that creation through the divine law. Do you guys get that? Okay, so this is the thing. Unless you are ready to go through the movement that's going to happen inside of you, and sometimes it's not going to be easy, you're not going to hear it. You're not going to hear the revelation. It's not going to make sense to you. So I'm asking you all right now to open your hearts up, your minds up deeply to truly understand. Sometimes I say things like I've been saying not to give the benefit of the doubt. And the word will come, those things will come to me. And I'm not quite sure what it means. But I'll keep saying it because I'm led to say it. And I've said it a couple times even in in service to to not give the benefit of the doubt. And what this means is, and it's connected to Revelation, when you are ready, there's going to be an intuitive guidance inside of you. Have you ever had a moment where you were guided to do something and you didn't do it and you said, I should have followed my first mind. I should have followed my gut. I want to let you know that your gut is always speaking to you. That's in the solar plexus. That's the wisdom within you, always speaking to you. But it's always speaking to you in divine order, meaning you're ready to hear it. And when you give the benefit of doubt, what you're doing is you're rejecting what Spirit is telling you. Does that make sense? And as you reject what Spirit is telling you, God will let you do your own thing, but it will lead you into a limited demonstration. I'm asking you to open yourself up. I have had moments where I didn't listen. But this is the beautiful thing even in that, in those moments where I didn't listen, like I'll give you an example, it's not my happiest, but I'm, I'm going to give you an example because the, the human part comes in there. I'm releasing the human part of what they're going to think. (laughs) What y'all going to think about me. So so I told you guys that I've always had this uh, low self-esteem about myself and how I look. You know, I was teased when I was little for being so skinny for being so little. I didn't think I was pretty. So when someone nice-looking was attracted to me, I thought, okay, that means I'm worthy. My second ex-husband was attracted to me. I thought I was worthy. There were red flags there all over the place, intuition speaking to me. I'm thinking, well, maybe, maybe. And I doubted it. He didn't really, he had a job briefly when I met him, and then we started dating and he didn't keep that job. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute now. And I was already, uh, I was uh, divorced. I had just completed my divorce. I had two kids. My son was two. My daughter was six. Maybe. Because my human was thinking, well, this nice-looking guy likes me. I must be worthy. And I believed that to the point where I married him and ended up supporting him and my kids, taking care of him and my kids. I doubted what was inside of me and gave him the benefit of the doubt. And I was there for years because the other part of me was like, well, you know, I don't like divorce. I'm going to look bad. Leave him and go do what you're supposed to be doing. But the beautiful thing is, in that relationship, is how I got into unity. In that relationship, is how I ended up speaking before public in our, in our little church that we started a couple times. In that relationship, is how I was able to move into a space where I could be okay with the idea of being a minister. even though there were booby traps along the way, because every time I go to speak, he'd end up in an argument with me, and now I'm I'm feeling bad as I go up there to speak. There was competition there. But I kept doubting and giving the benefit of the doubt. Revelations all up in there telling me what I need to do. Even to the point that when I actually did leave, I didn't have a car at that point, I was so depressed that I wasn't even working at that point. And when I left and moved in with my father, he had bought me a car. He had had that car for a couple months, but he was waiting for me to make the choice. He saw me double-dutching. Oh, maybe, maybe. Okay, I'm going to do it. No, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm not going to do it. If you're really going to walk this walk of spirituality, you got to really dig in even when the going gets tough. The Bible says, when the, I mean, not the Bible, but it, it, it says it in its own way. But there's a saying that says when the going gets tough, the tough gets going, right? Doesn't mean the tough gets going out of the situation. It means the tough digs in and trusts God in the situation. Revelation is talking about that. But it's not just talking about that when, when the t- going gets tough, God's going to come in and take you out of it. It means when the going gets tough, God's going to come in and help you co-create a consciousness that's going to lead you out of it. God will not take you out of it unless you shift your consciousness because God is obedient to what you are thinking because what you are thinking is your free will. And in that free will, you are choosing to give God power to demonstrate in your life according to how you're thinking. Does that make sense? It wasn't until I really, and I told you guys probably last week, I saw myself, I was 40 years old. That's 15 years ago washing my hands, and I happened to look up in a mirror, and I said, you're a pretty lady. You're a pretty lady. And I was already in a place of leaving him, getting everything to situated to leave. And there was a point where we were going to leave, and then I got a um, bridge card so that my, I could help me. My dad was going to help me end out the rest of that lease, pay the rest of that, and then he stayed. My ex-husband stayed and was using the bridge card that was supposed to be there for me and my kids. And I stayed. Benefit of the doubt. If you are serious, you need to dig in and you need to trust. When I got serious and I trusted God and I let go of the benefit of doubt, And I realized that I had to do the work within myself, which is what Revelation is talking about. It's talking about the encouragement that God's going to be with you only if you're doing the work where you really feel the presence of God in there with you. Does that make sense to everybody? So as we dig into these seven churches, those are seven aspects of spiritual consciousness that have to come into alignment for you to really walk through what it is we're going through. There's still persecution going on in this world. There's still persecution going on in the United States. We're still seeing police brutality. We're still seeing racism. We're still seeing sexism. We're still seeing the isms. We're still seeing inequality. We're still seeing justice not being really manifest. And it can make you feel down. It can, if you let it. The Israelites were being persecuted when they ended up in Babylon in exile and even after. The Jewish people, the followers of Jesus ended up being persecuted as they were following Jesus' way of teaching, Jesus' way of living. You will be persecuted when you make your decisions. And it could be someone um, criticizing you and hurt your feelings. It could be someone doing something against you. It could be anything that's happening outside the world. But the biggest persecutor is within you, and we are here to overcome that one within. The biggest enemy is within you, and your greatest superhero is within you. So when you watch these movies about the superhero and all that, it's within you. I remember years ago, there used to be this show, Electro Woman and Dinah Girl. And I was, a, and my sister and I used to do that. My sister right under me who passed away. And I had a baby sister who wanted to be a part of it too. So we were Electro Woman, and my, look, my sister and me would say, and Dinah Girl, and my other sister would say, and Dinah Baby. <laughs> <laughs> but until you have that power inside of you, through your imagination, that you can transform any circumstance, any trial, any tribulation, that we can be a force that can shift even the system of the United States. We can, and you stick with that, that we can shift to be an expression of co-creating what? A loving and compassionate spirit-filled world. But the first world where that starts is inside of you. That first place where you conquer the forces of good and evil is within you. And the truth is, there is no evil. God didn't create earth and say, yeah, there's some good, but there's a little bit in there of evil. uh uh-uh. God didn't create man and, and say, man is good and very good, but there's a little bit of evil in there. Uh-uh. We created the idea of evil. It's living backwards. And I'm asking you all as we go into this revelation to look in your lives and see where you see that there is something that seems good or seems evil and look at it all as good because even if it challenges you, that's a good thing because it's strengthening you. It's asking you in that coded experience, are you willing to trust the presence of God or are you willing to trust the presence that you see with your eyes? The eyes to see and the ears to hear means that you see beyond the veil of the physical, you see God's presence in the minute areas of it. And the ears may you understand clearly what you're being led to do. Do you understand that? Do you get, does that make sense to everybody? And even if it doesn't, it will. Because you're in here. You're in here today. Your spirit guided you in here to hear this message. And I promise you, it ain't what I intended to say. And it, it never is, I guess. Michael says it's the thing you want to say. What is it? Right. And I always have, I often have the talk I wish I gave until I realized that because I turned myself over to God as an instrument of God, that that is always the talk that I was supposed to give. Now, this is the thing. All tools, we are instruments of God and all tools need to be fine-tuned. The piano needs to be tuned. The guitar needs to be tuned. Any tools that you use need to be sharpened and tuned. We are being sharpened right now. We are being fine-tuned right now. Each one of us is an instrument of God. Each one of us has our own music, our own message, and our own revelation to share with the world. And I'm asking you, are you ready to share your revelation with the world? Yes? I'm asking you again. And even if you don't believe it, let's faith it until we make it. I heard fake it till you make it, then I heard Minister Reverend Ernestine Griffin say, faith it, using faith, until you make it. Are you ready to share your revelation with the world? Yes. Thank you. Oh, I guess I should just be the conductor and just do it right before. A reason I'm asking this It's because we're about to move forward. This has been our in-reach year. And in the in-reach year, you fine-tuning yourself. We're about to move forward and we're about to move forward with the vengeance. I want us to be ready. No one's gonna be left behind, I promise you. So even if you don't get it right now, that's okay because you will when it's time. Divine order, when you're ready to know, God will let you know. God is a need to know God. If you don't need to know, you're not gonna know. But right when you need to know, you will know. Your revelation is opening up. That's that, That's that um, hidden message in each and every one of us. We are here to demonstrate something in this world. Doesn't matter who you are, if you're in the, up in the spotlight or not, you are here to demonstrate something in this world. And I invite you to get yourself excited to let that superhero come out and become the revelation of who you're meant to be. Amen? Yeah. Amen? Amen. Amen. Amen? Amen. Thank you. That's it.
0: Another day, another fight It always feels like an uphill climb Another step, another mile The story of your life It's harder than you've ever thought and
2: That's nice. I like that. I like that. I have to share something real quick while we're going into our prosperity consciousness and you're thinking about that. I shared with you guys my testimony of my doubt, and I wanted to say this piece purposely because when you move into a space of caring about yourself and loving yourself and seeing yourself as worthy, you end up drawing like I end up drawing another to me, gorgeous man, and to my life, who I ended up marrying, and he supports me, and he lives here, and his birthday is Friday, and his name is Howard, and I love you very much. So I just wanted to share that, because that, when you move into a space of peace, and when you move into a space of love, and that is your true prosperity, then whatever it is that you guide your mind to, Now you feel even more uplifted, not just within yourself, but you get that support that comes into your life. And I'm grateful for that. I'm very grateful for that. I said it later because I thought I was going to cry and I didn't want to mess up my talk. So (laughs) I'm saying it now. So let's go ahead and gently close our eyes and take a deep breath. Bring your consciousness down to your heart, into a feeling of prosperity. Feel what you feel led to give as a love offering for today. And let's go ahead and affirm our love offering blessing together. Divine love through me blesses and multiplies all that I am, all that I have, all that I give, and all that I receive. Thank you, God. Amen. Let's stand up so we can do our prayer for protection. And then afterwards, we're going to do our peace song. Together, the light of God surrounds us, the love of God enfolds us, the power of God protects us. The presence of God watches over us wherever we are. God is, and all is well. Praise God, there's peace on earth. I know it
3: begins with me. Praise God, there's. Peace.